Satan has all the bait out there to get you with. And he's going to lure you. And he can try to trap you with money and fame and popularity and you name it. And girls, sex, drugs, you name it. I don't care what it is. There's something he has for everybody. And so by all means. Now I want you to see that. Look over in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. Here we have where the Apostle Paul says, I do what I do so that I might by all means that I might get some people to trust the Lord. Because that is so important. Look in verse 22. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. In other words, Paul was willing to go anywhere, talk to anybody, in order that he might win more people to the Lord. So he talks about this all means. Now, look there in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And notice what we have here. There is... The verse is talking to us about the things that we should be very concerned about. We know the Lord loves us and wants to guide us, and He will never guide you to do something that's wrong or contrary to His Word. So you know, that has to be from the devil. So as you go through and you study these things, it will help you to understand what God says, how the devil is going to do it. So look what, at this here very quickly. See there in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The devil by any means. So he knows every one of us. He knows what we like and don't like. He knows how he has trapped people for 6,000 years. He's a lot smarter than you are. There's no salvation for him. He's really messed up bad. His only way to get back at God is to hurt God by deceiving those whom God loves. So he is going to be after you and after me to get us and use us to hate God. You see, we are tools. God wants to bless us and use us, and he tells us the truth, and the devil is always telling us the lies. Uh, look at the next statement. The next one is number five, his own counterfeit sacrifices. Now, this is a tremendous verse. So look there in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10. 1 Corinthians and chapter 10. There's really two things here. One is sacrifice, and then verse number 6 is fellowship. So look what he says here in verse 20 of chapter 10. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils or demons, and not to God. There's a lot of people that believe they're giving money 
and they give money as a sacrifice, their living sacrifice. They work, they go, and, and, and they get involved, in the dual, and they're worshiping devils. They're giving money because of the message that is being preached. And they don't use the clarity of the gospel to discern what is right and what is wrong. The Bible talks about the fellowship of the gospel. If we don't agree on the gospel, it's very difficult to have fellowship in these other areas. And that's why when you notice here in verse 20, it talks about sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons. Then he says, and I would not that ye should have fellowship with demons. So whenever you believe wrong, you're going to worship wrong. You're going to sacrifice wrong. And yet you can go to church and you're doing the same thing if it's not really what God's Word says. And the preacher's not really preaching, thus saith the Lord. And this is why every child of God should know the Word of God so you can decide whether or not, is that preacher telling the truth by what the Word of God says? God wants His children to know the truth. When He says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Wait a minute, wait a minute. These things have I written unto you that believe. So if you believe, these things are written to those that believe. Do you think God wants His children, those who believe, to know these things? These things have I written unto you that believe. So if you're a believer, it's written for you. This is God's love letter to His children. So God wants us to know these things, to study these things. And they will help us. And it will be a blessing. Now, while you're here, take your Bible and turn there to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 11 again. But this time we're going to look at a different word. And that is number seven, his own counterfeit, I should say the, uh, uh, I, I want to look at the one in number eight, his own counterfeit gospel. Because right here in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians in chapter 11, look there in verse 13. Verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers. And you see, this is important because when he makes a statement here, deceitful workers transforming themselves. They do this to themselves. It's not a work that's being done by God, but by the devil lying and deceiving them, and they're transforming them lives as though they are the ministers of God. But they're not ministers of God. They're ministers of the devil. And so he says, now how do you transform the gospel into something else? Because they're talking about changing the God. How do you change the gospel? The gospel is you're saved by grace. How can you change a grace message? Add one word to it. If you add works to the gospel, and it's the only way you can change the gospel of grace is to add works to it. And God calls that a perverted gospel. It's not another gospel of the same kind or another one of the different kind. There is no other gospel, and therefore they are producing one of their own. And a false gospel will have a curse message. A curse message means people are not going to be saved by it. And this is why it's so important. So he makes a statement here in verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, and here's why. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 
I know we think of him as running around in a red union suit with crooked tail and you know horns on the end and got a pitchfork in his hand jabbing everybody. Now, that's not the devil. He is probably the most beautiful angel there ever was. The Bible talks about his beauty that he had. And he knows how to use beauty. And many a man has gone down because of a woman's beauty. And he knows how to use money. He knows how to use music. He was the minister of music. He knows all of these things and how to trap a person and lead them astray. Therefore, in verse 15, there's no great thing of his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. And their message is they add works to the gospel. They don't just tell you to go out and be bad. They tell you to you be good, be nice, be sweet, be kind, turn from your sin, make Christ the Lord and the master of your life, and add works to the message. And it is not the true gospel message. Now look there in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11, and look down in verse 4. Down in verse 4, this is, now on your notes there, the, uh, number 8 is gospel, number 9 is ministries, and uh, that's the scripture that we just looked at. But look here at uh, chapter 11 and down there in verse 4. And look at these things that Paul says he was concerned about the devil deceiving them. So he says in verse 4, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, he says, which you have not accepted, he says, I'm concerned at this point that you might bear with them, that you'll give ear to them and listen to them, and they'll be able to deceive you. He says, bear with me a little bit in my folly. And that's why he made the statement up there in verse 1. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly. Indeed, bear me. I am jealous over you. You see, God is a jealous God. And God's pastors should be jealous of God's people. We want all of God's children to know the truth. And there has to be a balance between just feeding the flock and warning the flock. If we only fed the flock, we only fatten them for the kill, for the lion. If we only warn the flock, then we starve them to death. Then they'd be so skinny that the devil won't have anything to eat. So you have to have a balance between feeding and warning. So you know what God wants you to do, but you have to watch that there's somebody, a lion, on your trail, and he wants to deceive you and lie to you. And how will the devil be able to get at you? Is it possible that the devil can even use God's children? Can God's children lie? Be filled with envy and bitterness and hatred and jealousy and a vengeful attitude and spirit? Is it possible for Christians to be like that? I'm afraid so. So sometimes you might be devoured by Christians themselves. Do you have to watch yourself even around believers? Is it possible that believers can get together and do a lot of wrong things? Sure can. And so sometimes the ones you have to watch is the ones that you're closest to. Well, I'll go to church if they go. I'll give if they do. 
Well, if you want to go to that bar, I guess I'll go with you. A little nip never hurt anybody. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how you can just bring others down the trail. Uh, you ever heard that phrase, misery loves company? Misery loves company. I never got that for a long time. But if you're miserable, you can't stand it unless somebody else is miserable with you. You've got to make somebody else miserable, and then you feel better. Well, there's a battle that goes on. Number 10, number 10. He counterfeits Christ. Look there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4. There is a man that will come on the scene. And he will claim that he is God. And he's going to go into the temple in Jerusalem and claim that he is God. This is the Antichrist. And yet he's going to deceive the world and they're going to give him their power. And they were, they're going to worship him because the world today is looking for a superman. I mean, somebody that can solve the world's problems. Somebody that's so wise and so smart. I mean, very articulate, can say everything that everybody needs to hear. And people are going to go, what he feeds me, I will swallow. Oh, and they're going to swallow it. Look what he says in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. Well, why does he say that? Because people can deceive, be deceived. He said, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a fallen away first, or departure, and that man of sin, the Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition. See, first of all, look up here. There's going to be a fallen away. Well, we're going to be caught away. Then, the Bible says, the man of sin is going to be revealed. And that's three and a half years in. But there's already... He's leading and going into power, and people are going to be giving him, and he's promising peace and safety and abundance. He wants to build a utopia for the world. And everybody knows that what we need is a one-world religion and world-world currency and one-world, you know, government, and that will solve all the problems. Who would we fight? Yeah, but do you realize that somebody's going to sit up there and take away all of your rights and your freedom and make you slaves? That's where we're headed is a major dictatorship. And the world is looking for this man. Well, he's coming. He's in the wings. And look what he says. And then that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, but he is not God. He is a deceiver. He is a liar. But the world is looking for someone like this. See, when Jesus came, the Old Testament saints had a big problem trying to discern the difference between the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that should follow. Trying to figure, how can he do this? Well, they never broke it down to two comings. Well, we can understand that now. He came the first time as a, a lamb and allowed himself to be led as a sheep to the slaughter. But he paid for our sins. But they were looking for a, a knight in shining armor. They were looking for the, someone to deliver them from the iron hill of Rome. And he didn't do that. But when he comes back the next time, at the end of the tribulation period, he will. But before he comes back, there's a liar that's going to try to steal the show. 
and he's going to take in this world. It'll be the worst period of time the world has ever known, and it's right ahead of us. And so, where does he go? He goes to Jerusalem. Well, where did Jesus go? To Jerusalem. Did Jesus claim that he was God? Yeah. What's the Antichrist going to do? He's going to claim that he's God. And how long was Christ's ministry? Three and a half years. Well, seven years. He goes in the middle. That's three and a half years later. He, he copies. Well, Jesus would, died and come back from the dead. Well, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to have a wound in the head and he come back again from the dead. And people are going to worship him. But see, he's a, an imitator. He counterfeits the real thing. Now, if you know he does that in all these other areas, understand, he is lying to you, deceiving you, tricking you. The wiles of the devil, the Bible talks about it in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. So there's things that we're supposed to be wise on these things. Uh, look at number 11. He counterfeits mysteries. Now, we know that the Bible talks about with Jesus Christ, it talks about the mystery of godliness. That God was in Christ, manifested in the flesh, came into the world. And so here's Jesus Christ, who is God's Son in the world, and what a mystery. But now we have the iniquity of a mystery, mystery of iniquity. It means that Satan is going to have his man, but he's not the Son of God, he is the Son of Satan, he's of the devil. And he's going to lie and deceive the world. And he gets his power from the devil. And so this is what he is going to be doing. And so you can see the scriptures there. Verses 5 and 7 talks about this. And he is the wicked one. He's going to be revealed. And so in verse 8, Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. So Satan in his work in the tribulation period is before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. These things are so important. And he counterfeits. Verse 8 and 9, those three things are found in verse 9. Power, signs, and lying wonders. Those are the last three things that are in your notes. But understand them. Now that we know what he's like, take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. What does God tell us that he wants us to do? Because we've been saved by grace. But the Lord also tells us that even though we've been saved by grace, he didn't take us home. He left us here. He left us here to do something for him. So just right before we look at that, just look there in verse 10 of chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And that means here and now. So even though I was saved by grace, God wants me and ordained me and you to walk in good works. So he wants us to do this, but he's telling us the devil is trying to stop you. And so he tells us the things that we should know and we should do and warns us about in chapter 5 about how that we should be careful how we walk. And so he says in verse 17 of chapter 5, look at it. Chapter 5, verse 17. 
Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So is it the will of God for us to know His will? Yes. He says if you don't know His will, you be unwise. Then he tells you about the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the Holy Spirit in verse 18. And then he gets to chapter 6, and he tells us this in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand. Why? Against who? The wiles of the devil. So, this is to the church. This is to the believer. This is to you and to me. It means that we have an adversary. We have a, a devil on our trail. And wouldn't it be neat if you could serve the Lord and run your whole race to the finish line and go to heaven without the devil stopping you? Wouldn't you like to do that? You want to be able to finish your course, run your race? Well, as you run your race, there's things the devil is going to do to try to stop you from achieving that goal. And so he says here in verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is all about the spiritual world that you cannot see. But the Bible is telling us about this war that's behind the scenes that you cannot see, but it's every bit as real as what you see with the naked eye. I've never seen the devil. I was talking to one man. He said, oh, I believe in the devil. I said, you do? Yeah, I believe in the devil. I said, why? He said, I married his sister. <laughs> All right, we'll move right along. Huh? Look at verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil days. Means when the devil is after you, and having done all to stand. Verse 14 Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, the wicked one, the evil day. The devil is on your trail. Has he lied to you lately? Deceived you? Does he see? That's where your discouragement comes from, and despair, all that, because of how you think. The devil will bombard your mind. He's always working on your mind. Now, you know it. Understand it. You have to take and counteract it by thinking about what God says and putting your confidence and trust in the Lord. And so that's why he says in verse 17, Take thy helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's amazing you get back to the Word of God, don't you? Always get back to the Word of God. The Word of God is how you'll know the truth and can be able to stand against the devil. And if you don't, you don't. You won't stand. You will not stand. You will not stand. He said, well, I'll just do whatever I want to do. There you go. That's a big mistake. Remember, all we like sheep have gone astray. <laughs> We've turned everyone to his own way. After you got saved, you're still sheep. Is it possible you could still want to go your own way? We struggle with that every day of our life. That's why it's so important for us to put the Lord first. Look up here just a moment. This hand represents you and me. 
A wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, hates our sin, but he loves us. For us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. But because of sin, we can't get in. So God says, you, you have to pay your debt. We're all in debt. We owe God a payment. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth shall die. That's why everybody dies. You're in debt to God. And we've got to pay our debt. So the Bible says you can't save yourself from this. You cannot deliver yourself from this debt payment. And going to church doesn't pay for sin and trying to give money doesn't pay for sin. God doesn't accept money as a payment. You have to die. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because, well, he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. So what Christ did, he had no sin. He took our sin and died in our place. Paid our sin debt. Now, he will forgive every person of every sin that believes that he did it for them. See, there is a payment made, an escrow account, and we can draw on it. So when I believed it, he puts that payment to my account. I get his forgiveness of every sin. I get to go to heaven. And if you believe it, he puts that payment to your account. And we tell the gospel to somebody else, they believe it, and God puts it to their account. And so there's enough for everybody in the world. God's grace is greater than our, our sin. And so anyone who will believe this, God says he will give them as a free gift everlasting life. We get to go to heaven because of what he did, not because of what we do. And so the devil wants to keep us from telling that to other people. And if he can sew our mouths shut because of our testimony or our lack of concern because we just live for this world, and you only get one trip through, what do you want to get for it? You're spending time. What do you want in return? So God says one day we'll have to give an account to him. He allowed us to live, gave us the gospel, says, there's the people. Don't you want to get some? So that's why we do what we do. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you would. Just the only thing that you have to do, well, it's the only thing you can do. Will you believe that when Christ died, he died for you? Will you trust him as your Savior? And if you trust him as your Savior, God said he would give you eternal life as a free gift. And if you will, I'd like to know. I'd like to have prayer for you. So we head by nice clothes. Is there anyone at all? Say, yes, that makes sense to me. I want to trust Christ as my Savior. Preacher, I want you to pray for me. If you would, if you've never done it before, would you just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. You that are watching by internet, remember that it's the only thing you have to do. It's the only thing you can do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that what he did, he did it for you. And if you'll trust him, he will save you. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for this time together as we study your word and help us to be found faithful to do all the things we need to. And, and we just pray your blessings upon each one. Help us to be faithful, to do the things that you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.